0: Jags get a big win in Houston yesterday, widen their lead in the AFC South. What was the most impressive part of the win yesterday to you guys?
1: On Battle Red Day in Houston, down 14-13, going right down the field to take a lead they wouldn't relinquish. It was a great response to the Texans trying to grab momentum.
2: Yeah, this kind of plays into that, the will and the resilience of the Jaguars.
0: Welcome into Jaguars, AM, presented by CarShield. I'm Kainani Stevens, Brian Sexton, and John Osier with me today as we recap one of the biggest games of the year for the Jaguars. We knew it was going to be a big one going into it, but our first big thing of the day is cardiac cats because they made it dramatic, went right down to the final play of this game, and a missed field goal was the difference as the Jaguars snuck out of Houston with a win in a big game for the team this year. Doug Peterson talked about it after the game.
3: I mean, it's game 11, but they're, all, they're always big, right? I mean, anytime you play your – your division they're all big games and and um you know um, obviously we understand what this team did to us you know a few weeks back and um it's it is another you know game on the schedule a lot of football ahead still but you know um it's big i mean you don't ever want to go 0 and 2 against a division foe you know um any any year obviously but uh, our guys, you know, our guys will respond again. You know, just much like they did this week. It's got to take. It's going to take a good week of prep and, and their their film study and and all of that. But um, great opportunity. Good night's going to be loud. You know, they're playing extremely well. Uh, we are too. And it should be should be a good matchup.
0: Brian, we talked earlier this week about how this game might have huge implications on the AFC South, almost an AFC South title game early in the year. But did it live up to the billing to you?
1: It, um, what's the right way to say this? It, it's all but over, right? I mean, there are games left to play and there are six games left to play. So there's a lot of football left. Anything <laughs> could happen. But the Jaguars now have a commanding two-game lead with six to play. Uh, they still have the ability to have a big home game, two big home games, right, against AFC Powers. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for this team to just steamroll their way the division title. It won't be easy, but it feels like they wrapped it up yesterday.
2: Yeah, and I think Doug and anybody with experience in the team would tell you it it's over as long as they do what they need to do, meaning if you limp down the stretch and go 1 and 5, you're not going anywhere anyway. So, I guess the point is that they set themselves up uh to concentrate on the number 1 seed, the number 2 seed, and Think about those kind of things. You don't ignore the division, but now you can, as Trevor said, if, if they do what they're supposed to do, they don't have to worry about that. And, boy, what a difference from last year, right?
0: It's nice to be in the front and not have to try to win every game in a row to win the division. So it's a good spot to be at at this point in the year. Our second big thing today is going to be zeroed in. Calvin Ridley had a huge game against the Titans, two touchdowns. Here at EverBank Stadium, and he had a really big second half yesterday. And he talked a little bit post game about how, while he had a drop early on in the game, he didn't let himself get out of it.
3: I'm gonna bounce back every time. I'm not. I mean, I'm mad about it, but I'm not that mad about it. People think it was just. I made that, but I'm not that mad. I'm not out of the game. You know what I'm saying? I'm not out of the game. I'm I'm ready to make, continue to make plays. I want to. Don't stop throwing me the ball. You know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm ready. But I want to make that play, but I'm never out of the game. I may look like I am, but I'm not. I'm ready to continue to make plays. So, that's what it is.
0: Calvin says he's never out of the game. John, we certainly saw that in the second half as he was a crucial part to this kind of comeback, if you will, a little bit in the second half uh, and the
2: win. Well, he was the go-to guy. And even when he wasn't producing receiving numbers on this team this year, what is it, 11 games in, He's always been the hardest guy to cover on this team uh, for the defensive backs. Uh, I, I think it's 12 penalties now he's drawing 11. When they needed it yesterday, he came up big. I had some fans, oh, he, he had to drop in the first half. Look, the NFL's hard. You don't catch everything. Uh, he has mattered a great deal. I think this was, again, you can count four or five games this year now, Brian. I'm not sure they win three or four games If he's not on the field, I'm not sure they win yesterday if he's not on the field. No, they
1: don't. The last two weeks, he really has looked John like the number one receiver, a guy who can take over the game. And it's important to remember that when he first got to Atlanta, that was Julio Jones. He was the accoutrement. This is the first time in his career where he's the legitimate alpha receiver. And if you combine that with the fact that it takes time to develop chemistry with the quarterback right now, we are just starting to see the Calvin Ridley, the Trent Baalke and Doug Reederson. Peterson thought they were going to get when they made the trade last year. I mean, it, he ran the same route on the touchdown as on the two point conversion. How many guys can get away with that, right? He is tremendous and I think he's got so much upside left. I can't wait to see what he does. The ring six games of the year.
0: Our final big thing this week is on the other side of the ball. Pay the man. It's about Josh Allen. He's in a contract year and he's been earning every penny with his play so far this season. Two huge sacks on that last play uh, that last possession for the Texans and Trevor Lawrence talked a little bit about the play of Josh Allen yesterday.
4: They did a great job offensively of being able to do that and extend plays but then you know our pass rush really stepped up at the end of the game and got some huge sacks and you look at both those plays to keep them you know he almost made it but to keep them out of field goal range and make that a 58 59 yarder that's huge you know if you let them get some yards there and they're kicking a 50 yarder that's a big difference so um, I mean, that won us the game and our defense really stepped up when we needed them.
0: Saw the kick go off the crossbar, so it certainly was all the difference. Those sacks definitely played a role in that. Brian, we don't tell the GM what to do very often, but pay the man oh, yeah. seems like Josh needs to be paid.
1: Well, and look, Josh Allen in Detroit in August came into one of our preseason production meetings and said he was betting on himself to finish this year, to finish the play, and he did yesterday. He finished the game with his strongest performance of the season. Um, You know, we can focus on that, because he and Trayvon were just wrecking that offensive front and creating havoc. But John, the pass rush overall yesterday, led by Josh Allen, it got to the quarterback. It didn't in week three. Roy Robertson Harris was getting pressure up the middle. You saw 91 and 95 and 94. They were also making him move his feet. It was a strong performance by the Jaguars pass rush in a game that they needed it, led by Josh Allen, who now has a career-high 12 sacks.
2: Yeah, and it, it shows you how different the game is now, Brian. Um, if you had said 20 years ago that somebody throws for whatever CJ Stroud threw for, over 300, two touchdowns, you'd say, oh, they didn't get any pass rush. Oh, what a terrible defensive game. Well, you can have a good defensive game now, and a guy still have those kind of numbers. They did affect CJ Stroud. They got to him in big moments. I always talk about breaking serve on defense in, in this day and age. It felt to me like they affected him enough that it kept them in control of the game. And I know the numbers and there were certain plays that didn't show that against a guy like CJ Stroud, you're not gonna stop every play very often. Uh, they affected him when it mattered and they had big stops at the end of the game and in a game of inches, those plays uh, mattered and good for Josh Allen. I mean, it's it, it, how hard he's worked, how much he's wanted it, how close he's been, to see it all come to fruition is pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I think it's important, it, it, you mentioned that it's tough the way that the league is set up these days. And the Jaguars
1: saw Tank Dell get them for a couple of plays. And then they clamped down on him and he finished with five catches for 50 yards. He did have the touchdown. So all of a sudden, Nico Collins becomes the guy. And then the Jaguars lean towards him. And then there's Xavier Henderson, the the rookie from Iowa State. This quarterback, Stroud, within the context of the way that the rules are set up, is a really gifted quarterback and a guy that can make a lot of different throws. The Jaguars came up with the plays, John, when they needed to. You're not going to keep the numbers from these quarterbacks. That's just not the way the rules are written these days. They want to see, they being the league, and and they want to see these quarterbacks putting the ball up and down the field. It's just about your defense breaking serve two or three times in the second half, and the Jags did that.
0: There's a lot of good plays on both sides of the football yesterday. Coming up after the break, we will go over all of the highlights for you from Jaguars, Texans. Move the freight, move the freight, move the freight. Magellan Transport voted the coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at www.MagellanLogistics.com. Welcome into Jags AM as we get ready to go over some of our highlights from yesterday. It's nice to have a lot of highlights to go over. I'm sure some people didn't like the drama of the game, but it made for interesting viewing. what
1: makes it the number one sport in America.
0: Sure is. It's always a good. And let's start out with Trevor's first touchdown of the day. As he, you know, we've seen, we saw him set it up, and then he hasn't been great on the kind of quarterback sneaks that we've seen from him. At least they look a little more stressful than they should be. Um, John, I think I was sitting next to you, and I was like, this is like the most stressful quarterback sneak I've seen. But
2: I'm sure you didn't like the one-handed reach with the ball. I mean, that, Well, he does it. He, does like, it, he, gets he makes away it look with tough it. sometimes. It'll bite him at some point. Look, I get a lot of questions about, why don't they quarterback sneak one? They're not good at it, and it, it's not necessarily Trevor. They are not a mammoth, a terrifically strong interior line that gets a lot of push, uh, and you know they haven't been that so far. So it's hard for them to quarterback sneak. So it makes these situations difficult. The, the thing that, that put my heart in my throat. You see how quickly his arm
1: is rocketed backwards? Yes. I'm like, oh. I was like, oh. I, you know, he got it over the line, but look Ooh. how quickly that one goes backwards. You're right, John. It's a dangerous way to play the game.
0: Hopefully they'll figure it out. They need that tush-push kind. They gotta, of. At the, the some point, they gotta, they've got to like figure that.
1: out how to ram it in from a yard out without risking the ball.
0: Well, maybe we can get Tank to come around. Uh, and he had
1: one six-yard carry. One, and I thought, there you go, boy, because I had made him my hot take last week, mm-hmm. and I thought, all right, you're on. And then he didn't see the ball again. I just, Well, well Travis
2: on. was out of the game at that point, and so they went a little they deeper in the team. running back rotation. Yeah. So, well, he had, the, uh,
1: he had a six-yard rush i mean I, I i still think you're going to see him he, he's going to be a solution to a problem at some point this year
0: okay i was happy to see d ernest in there as well yep. um let's go to stroud's touchdown to Tank Dell. so we were worried about this a little bit just because we know the propensity for the big play for the texans and just that scrambling ability and as much as we talked about miscommunication in the backfield it's really hard when you're expecting your dbs to cover somebody for 7 8 nine, 10 seconds and that's a lot of what CJ Stroud I didn't realize as much until we watched this game yesterday that's a lot of what he does yeah. his scrambling ability gives him so much time that his receivers find a way to get open and that's where a lot of those big plays come from but- well
1: this was an this was an evolution to his game Kai I, we didn't see it in the first game that he ran around and made plays on the run it's something that he clearly is capable of doing and with that receiver Dell who's a revelation what a tremendous rookie season he's having he's so hard to cover John maybe there's a receiver you recall like him but he looks different to me
2: yeah he's hard to cover and uh I got some pushback from fans oh why'd they only rush three here well look they brought a lot of pressure I don't think overall yesterday uh they could have pressured him any better they know he plays this way if you watch them rush the passer Brian and Kai there were a lot of times where they were staying in their lanes. They were trying to contain, even on that play, mm-hmm. instead of going after him, they were sort of playing, uh, you know, angle defense, if you will. I'm not, putting it, I'm not putting that very well. But they were trying to stay in lanes and contain him a little bit. Um, look, if the blitz worked every time, everybody would do it every yeah. play. Well. You can't do it every play. Uh, on, on that play, it got him because they made a play against a good team that's going to happen sometimes.
1: When you drop eight like that against your rookie quarterback, you're betting that you can force him to make a throw that he doesn't necessarily want to, and it could become a turnover, a takeaway. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't happen. Uh, That was a great throw, dangerous throw, back across your body into traffic, but um, Dell slid away from Rayshon Jenkins, and... It was a good throw by C.J. Stroud, but you're, you're going to drop eight against quarterbacks. That's another thing they do in this league is try,
2: try to create some confusion, and give them a different look, and see if you can create turnovers. And if you if you surprise them with a blitz every time, guess what happens? It's you not know, so surprising. Yeah. So uh, you, you can pick apart that play, but I thought the defensive plan yesterday against an ascending quarterback was very good. Yeah.
0: We'll go to uh, the waning seconds of the first half because the Texans missed a field goal in the – Jaguars got the ball back with a little over 30 seconds. I think at that point um, and then they got a huge play out of Christian Kirk. I think they were just trying to get into field goal territory. They almost got a touchdown on this play and then they chose to go for it. And I talked to <clears throat> I wrote a little bit about it. I talked to John about it too. I wasn't surprised Doug wanted to go for it. Right. Um, they didn't get it. And I think that's where you know Doug always likes to go for it. And then you know when you don't get it they criticize when you get it. You look really smart. So. Um, I wasn't against it, and I think it was smart. And I think when you look at the end of the game, you, you see what sometimes the conservative point yeah. of view gets you.
1: Well, look, Doug, he said right after the game, I, I'm going to go for it again. You know, this play didn't work. So it, it by default, is a bad play. But <laughs> I would rather see the ball go forward than back. And it has to go back to the six yard line to get into the end zone. I mean, this is where I think the Jaguars need to focus on finding a way to get a yard or two going forward
2: when they want it. Well, they don't trust the interior on that play. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not but trying to bash that. No. It's just that so far yeah. in 11 games, uh, that play pushing forward has not developed trust to be used in this situation. Um, a lot of feedback in the Ozone about, it, you know, dumb call, kick the field goal, take the points. Look, mm-hmm. if you don't like that approach, don't watch the Jaguars anymore. Yeah, until Doug's always going to go Doug's Because it's going guy. to be him. So, uh, I got an email last night saying, I am so tired of watching this team give up field goals they ought to be kicking. And my response was, Are you tired of being in first place? Winning. <laughs> because that's the trade off. Um, Doug believes that the long and short term benefits of aggression in that situation far outweigh the occasional short term uh, risk, negative whatever it is, he believed right there he could end the game. And it yep. didn't happen, but not he believes it. overall if he does that ten times and ends the game six times, that's more of a benefit. that You can make up for it if you miss it, but it's a kill shot if you hit it. It may not happen this season, but
1: I would love to see them figure out a way to run the ball in <laughs> from the one-yard line. That, again... I mean, they're not the Eagles, right? I mean, if the Eagles get the ball in the one yard line, is there any doubt they're scoring? No, because no one has figured out how to stop that. And, and with a six foot six quarterback, it, it isn't the same dynamic. I, I, I totally get that. But I think I'm speaking for a lot of people when I say,
2: figure out a way to get the yard when you need the yard. I'd like to see it too, but I also don't think you need to be silly and continue to drive your head against the wall. It's not going oh, to No, no, no.
1: I, I'm talking long term because, yeah. again, if they're up 27, 20 to 7 there, I'm not saying that the Texans can't mount a comeback, but I'm saying the Jaguars are a lot more aggressive in the second half on defense. Um, I just I, I think that that's that next step you go to. Instead of walking off the field, you walk off 20 to seven and you say, "Hey, now we're really coming after you."
0: And right? you're getting the ball back after the kick. Absolutely. In the and
1: Doug, half. Doug has said it time and again the last couple of weeks. We, we haven't done anything yet, right? Right. They're still evolving into who they're going to be as a football team. That's just one of those things on the to-do list that they've got to figure out.
0: All right, we're going to jump to the second half now. Um, that questionable call on Evan, we're going to skip over that, um, that holding call that just ended Ooh. up being the pick that led to this touchdown from C.J. Stroud where we saw him kind of rushing in, which we didn't see him running a whole lot. It was more scrambling to throw, um, but it's just he's dynamic in a way, and obviously the national media talks about him all the time, but he's different than the first time we saw him because I thought he was great the first time we saw him, and now he's like, and maybe he's a little too confident maybe because some throws I think are a little not quite there yet um but he's feeling himself and he's making some of the throws so that's probably why he has the confidence
2: yeah he's a good player and uh still evolving which makes him a good because he's clearly adapting to what defenses are trying to do which is that second step you know they take certain things away then he answers it by being able to counter that um look He's going to be good for a long time. He's a good player. Jarvis had to figure out a way to beat him. Uh, He's not God. He didn't score 42 points yesterday. He scored (laughs) 21. So they figured out a way to beat him. I thought they contained him. They got him off the field a lot. Uh, And at the end of the game, they limited that last drive as much as they needed to.
1: This was the only game worth watching in the early window yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot of people around the league saying this is going to be a great matchup for years to come it was a fun football game to watch and I know Trevor said after the game he hopes that the teams in the division aren't that good it's better for this this guy's good and this team is good uh you know depending on what happens in Indianapolis this is going to go from a division that was sort of an also ran oh the South they're not that good to one of the better divisions in football and that's just the has got to buckle up and get ready for it because it's going to be a
2: fight every Sunday that okay. was a great answer on Trevor's part. No, I don't want him to be good. I want him yeah, to be bad. It I want him to be, to it. you know. Yeah, he wants to dominator. Right. So, of of course he doesn't like it. When the, when the question was asked, I was like, I, I don't particularly like it. I work for the Jags. Yeah, yes, right. So, uh, yeah, you'd rather C.J. Stroud stink, and he doesn't stink.
0: He certainly does not. That's
2: going to be a primetime game next year. You watch it.
0: I sure hope so. It's going to be a good one to watch both times that they play each other. Um, let's talk about that Trevor to Calvin Ridley touchdown and then the two-point conversion, that was the exact same play because it went so well the first time, they just did it again right after that. That whole um, possession, I know they got the PI call to set up the the first and goal again for them there, but I was just impressed with them. That was like a, that was a little bit of a shift for me. That was the, the sequence where I was like, okay, they're a good team. Like, good team needs to score here. They've had problems on third down, they've had problems in the red zone, but they found a way. And I just, you know, I think Etienne got stopped on the first one. Um, was there a pass? He tried to find Kirk, I think, in the corner maybe one time, and then to Ridley. He threw
2: late over to Farrell on the play right before this. Yep. Or he could have had a touchdown. I think your point, Kai, is exactly right. Um, think about their last seven victories. It's uh, seven out of eight now. Uh, they haven't trailed in five of them. They trailed against the Colts in Week Six, which, by the way, if you don't beat the Colts in that game, yeah. you're tied for first place. So let's call those two game big games right yeah. now. Um, and then, and then yesterday. We, Against the Colts, you trailed and you went and scored the next possession. Against this team, you trailed for three minutes and 41 seconds, you went and scored the next possession. They're not perfect, but they take control of games and they put their hands around the neck of the games and they choke it out. I mean, they are a really – it's sort of my hot take, so I won't go deep into it. But they're doing what they have to do. And I don't care about close, whatever. Uh, they're putting themselves in situations at the end of games where they have the advantage they had the percentage advantage. They kept it yesterday. That's how you grind through a season and get to the postseason. Well,
1: you think the Eagles mind winning close games? Right.
2: They're 10-1. and 1. Yesterday they won by a field goal in overtime.
1: Before that, they beat Kansas City at the end of the game, and, and they beat the Cowboys at the end of the game. All close games. So, yeah, that's just the way that the game goes. They're going to be close. They're, this is the National Football League. They're good players on both sides of the ball. I mean, maybe not necessarily in a couple of cities, but in most of them, Uh, They are really good, so get used to it. It's It's the drama. It's what makes it great. You'd love to win a game by 10 and be able to sit back and relax in the fourth quarter, but that isn't what this league is these days.
0: Not, it wasn't yesterday, let's put it that way, because the Texans certainly had a chance. the way chance they wanted it to be,
1: Kai. They wanted it to be close like that.
0: I know. So, it, I will say it was a little bit stressful, especially that last Texans possession, because I do want to jump ahead to that, because we've got to talk about Josh Allen and what he was able to do. I think he got one and a half sacks, because that second sack he split with Trayvon, but you do not I don't think you win the game. You definitely go to overtime if, if you don't have those two sacks from Josh Allen, because the Texans were really driving at that point, and those two sacks took them out of field goal range, because as we saw the kick went off the crossbar and just Josh just willed himself in that that he won you the game in my opinion. He
2: whipped Laramie Tunsil yesterday and Laramie Tunsil is a really good left tackle John. Yeah he was outstanding and uh it it's the little moments that matter in this league and the first sec people say well it didn't matter that much they got the first down but right then in that last drive you're playing against field position and time And the first sack pushed the Texans back to where now all of a sudden they probably weren't going to get a touchdown on that drive and they were going to need a long field goal rather than a short field goal. And then you had the couple of plays where they were, you know, there was a point in that drive where you thought, well, it's going to be an easy field goal in overtime because they had gotten to this point with about 45 seconds. And Josh's pressure and the defensive pressure overall kept that thing to a 58-yard field goal when it probably – it felt like it was going to be a 45-yard field goal and the defense made it harder and that's the game of inches this thing that's what honestly doug peterson's really good at putting them in position where they had the edge in those inches situations you know we've also talked all year long about how uh, calvin
1: ridley doesn't get credit for all of the holding penalties and the pass interference Mm -hmm. penalties that he draws Mm -hmm. and maybe he should well, Josh Allen drew a holding penalty yeah. on the first drive of the game from Laramie Tunsil. It's like, okay, this, it's on now. Uh, you know, he should get credit for that. That forced it into first and 20, and they had a punt. So it, he was just an overall dominant figure. I mean, dominant figure. And when he needed to win the game, on the road, in the division, it's screaming loud, and he comes through with plays like that. And credit Trayvon. I mean, that, that was a yeah. great pass rush he came to get half that sack.
0: I know they probably weren't happy they had to split it, but I'll take it. By the way, if you know how many sacks
1: Aiden Hutchinson has this year? How many? Five. Okay. You know how many Trayvon Walker has? Five. Four and a half.
0: Four and a half. Okay.
1: Good that.
2: All
0: right. Well, we're almost there for all the comparison shoppers. Um And then, obviously, the missed field goal at the end there. I was a little surprised that they didn't try to go for it, to be honest with you, because I thought it was such a long kick, and with the missed earlier and kind of – the way their kicking game had been going, I was surprised they didn't try to try to go for it. Because if I'm the Texans, I'm kind of playing with house money at this point for this season, so I'd be like, why don't you go for it? But
2: well, I'm glad they didn't. I'm sure their, their analytics or their thought was this kid can can't hit that. I was actually watching him during pregame and he was his leg is strong enough to get that kick there. So at that point, it was fourth and nine. Is that right? Mm-hmm. 4th and 12, 12, maybe? Okay. Yeah, it was long. so your percentage of picking that up, uh, probably your percentage of hitting a 58-yard 50, field goal are probably higher than picking that up. Um, again, credit to the Jaguars. So much of late game is about creating those situations and those decisions. The Jaguars, you know, manned up, for lack of a better word, and figured out a way to keep that to a 58-yard field goal. Those are the moments that define seasons. I, uh, it turned out to be the right call to,
1: to, to kick it. Because, I mean, he was, what, one rotation of the football probably from making right. it. Right,
0: you're one yard closer.
1: Yeah, to uh, w- what they're talking about in Houston this morning is um, third down and one and fourth down and one throwing it twice. Right, one to Dalton Schultz and I forget who the other one was Two down the side. They missed both of them and gave the ball to the Jaguars with 9.15 to play at their
2: own 46-yard line. Now mm-hmm. they're saying, well, why didn't you try to run the ball? Yeah, I told Kai I thought those were the funniest. Uh, we were sitting next to each other in the press box, and I, that was one of the stranger play calling sequences I've seen against the Jaguars in a while. And maybe they had a play they believe was going to work and, and uh, be a kill shot. No, but it it should have lost the game. Yeah, because you gave the uh, Jaguars the ball at your own forty three. I'm I'm sure Doug and Trevor anybody would say that's where we have to go in the game, yes. and they didn't. Um, but right now in the league, well, always in the league, but right now in the league, it's those little moments. You know, mm-hmm. if the Jaguars go down right there and get a field goal, that probably feels like a blowout win. Yeah. yeah. They don't get it, and all of a sudden, it, it, that's it's how close, close it is. Like people who want these blowouts, they're just not common. It's not set up that way. If you're looking
1: for a definition of hard to win, right, because you always hear coaches say how hard it is to win in this league, yesterday, the fourth quarter, from nine minutes on, shows you how hard it is. The Jaguars got the ball inside Texans territory, couldn't get more than two minutes off the clock, then
2: the Texans score a touchdown, force a punt, and then have a chance at a game-winning field goal. It's
1: tough to win in this league.
2: Right, you're Zay Jones putting his foot down an inch inside yeah. to win. from that being a blowout. Yeah. It, it was an inch from being a blowout, and instead- It was a it's almost wrenching right. game. Right, almost, you just,
1: your heart was in your throat as the ball was coming down on target and then boink, it hits and falls the other way
0: so close yet so far all right coming up we're going to do some hot takes after the break stay with us here on jags am Sign up your furry friend for the Jaguars official four-legged fan club for pets presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the season. Visit jaguars.com slash promotions slash four-legged fan club to sign up today.
4: I want the teams in our division to be as bad as possible, so no, I'm not. That's how I see it, and the way they're playing, um, it's exciting. Yes, there's going to be some, I'm sure, some great matchups down the road, and CJ's playing He's playing lights out. He's doing a great job. I mean, to be a rookie and to play how he is, um, I got a lot of respect for him. I know that. I know how hard it is. You know, I've been in that position. So um, he's doing a great job, and it's going to be fun for, for years to come, hopefully.
0: Oh, Trevor Lawrence. We love him for his honesty, and he was certainly honest when um, he was asked about whether he enjoys that rivalry with C.J. Stroud because, of course, he wants them to be bad. He wants everyone else in the division to be bad so the Jaguars can be good. Well, he's the only one who
1: can do anything about
2: that, right? I mean, he can go beat him and keep him behind him. Yeah, I think he deserves some credit. By the way, for uh, you know, I usually don't watch broadcasts and worry about it. Yeah. But even last night on on the NFL Network highlight show, I watched the first four highlights are C.J. Stroud. Yes. And uh, Trevor Lawrence throws for 386 or whatever it was, 380, you know. 364. Um, and out. Throws a touchdown. I don't think I played them, but they won and Mm -hmm. made huge plays in big moments. Uh, Trevor Lawrence deserves some credit for, uh, that's the second battle between those two. They're one and one. He's two games up in the division. One for Trevor. So here's my hot take. You ready? Sorry about that. No, no no. no, no, Let's no,
1: no, 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 Here's my hot take. And that is the Jags are going to see these guys again this year. The way that the AFC is rolling out, uh, the bills lost a heartbreaker. I'm, I'm, sure you saw it. It was a great game. Uh, but they're six and six now in the way that their schedule rolls out. They're behind the Texans at this point. They're behind the Colts at this point they have a long way to go uh, I think when you look at the Browns right they've lost their starting quarterback their starting running back two starting tackles and maybe the third and then yesterday maybe the best defensive player in the game Miles Garrett leaves the game in a sling and says he doesn't know when he's going to play again cool. they're likely because their offense is struggling in so many ways to start sliding a little bit Texans have all of a sudden a big game against the Broncos this week if they win this one I could see them sliding into that wild card spot and they just have this sneaky suspicion because I think that quarterback is really good, that we could see the Texans again this year.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. I certainly wouldn't be surprised, especially the way things have been playing out. and The, the schedule that they have, the back half, is yeah, a sure. lot easier than what the Jaguars are going to be you looking You
1: start looking at the Bengals, too. You know, I mean, they're coming in here, and, and they struggled offensively yesterday, and they're on the schedule. Um, uh, there's just, it, it works uh, with the way that it rolls out, that the Texans
2: playing well, and they have played well, could find their way into the wild card. I'd be surprised. They play again, but I get your point. You may not be wrong. What's well, a hot take? It's not yeah. a mildly. We're warm going
0: pick. hot today. We're right. going sizzling hot takes. John, what's your hot take?
2: Um, I think I went with so mature and so good. And what I mean by that is the difference between this time last year and this team. Maybe not this time last year, but mid-season, two and six, and couldn't get out of their own way in terms of winning. Uh, now. At the top of the show, you asked me uh, biggest impression, the will and the inevitability mm-hmm. of, of the win. If, um, it felt like they were going to figure out a way to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the better team. Uh, they outgained them in yards, and yet once they got down 14-13, they didn't blink. And next drive, they come back, big-time players make big-time plays, and you're up seven. And the next drive, you're up 10. They said, no, no, no. This is going to be our game. This is our time. Uh, That's impressive. And to me, that's mature. 16 of the last 22 games, they've won. Seven of the last eight games, they've won. They stay ahead of teams. It's not always pretty. But again, I keep talking about Doug puts them in situations where their percentages of winning the game are better late in the game. And that's how you have to play in the NFL. And they have become a... A mature team before our eyes. For whatever they're not, they have a knack for winning. And what, I, I know we've said that around the Jaguars for years, Brian, about the. <laughs> but boy, is it Find refreshing to see and cool to see and very interesting to watch to me. It is. Uh, quick thought um,
1: Calvin Ridley had no catches in the first half. Yeah. And on those two drives where they went, touchdown, field goal, back to back to grab a 10 point lead, he had four catches and the two point conversion so that that was really encouraging to see that the quarterback and his number one receiver were on the same page when the game was on the line when it mattered the
2: most well and even when they've staggered offensively this season they've had a tendency to do that big game against the bills where they had big plays second half falcons big plays in the second half Orleans. i mean they come up with big plays when they need to uh you'd love it to be more often and more consistent and It was funny. In the locker room afterward, they felt offensively like they moved the ball at will. They really felt like it could have been a 35-point game for them. Uh, So you you keep feeling like they're close, but short of being like a juggernaut, I'd like to have the team that makes big plays at key times. Right now they're that.
0: And that's where I'm going with my hot take. I'm going to be a little bit nitpicky today. Happy with the win, but I still want more. I talked about that second touchdown from them, that getting the offensive, the uh, PI call, and then going in, getting that touchdown to Calvin Ridley, finding your best receiver when you needed that touchdown to bounce back after the Texans has just gone and scored. I want more from that, though. I want them to score before the Texans get the ball back so that the game is out of reach. So we don't need to Josh Allen massive sacks to set up that field goal. I want them to close things out and they can and they're so close to doing it. Whether it's you know getting that touchdown right before the half to make take them out right then or later on when I was saying when they could have got that touchdown so that when the Texans got the ball back it wasn't as close as it was. They're right there and I know they can do it and that's why I am so excited to see how they evolve in the last couple of games and these are the games that we've had on the calendar and they take on the Ravens, the Bengals. I know they don't have bro, but it's still going to be a huge game and I'm just excited because I feel like they're right there they're right there.
1: Third and two, right? I mean, you got to be able to convert on third down at two and that's what they have struggled at. It's the worst conversion percentage they have and that's the thing that is held them the back. By the way, I gotta give them credit. They were very good in third down yesterday, mm-hmm. but if they can convert on third and two on the goal line, it's 20 to seven at the half. Well, it was first and goal, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. Be able to run, get that ball. Two yards up the field when you want two yards, not six, two. Mm-hmm. And you have a completely different ballgame. This is a young team, and the coach keeps harping on it, so I will too. They haven't done anything yet. That's the growth that we could see over the final six weeks that might make all the difference between hosting a playoff game and hosting two playoff games.
0: Ooh, I like the sounds of that. Let's hear's hoping. All right, coming up after the break, we'll talk a little bit about well, what we've got going on this week before Monday Night Football. fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out zipchair.com to browse all the customizable options. Zipchair is furniture for fans. Also, Florida Blue is proud to be the exclusive health insurance partner and supporter of the Jacksonville community as the official community partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
3: i am been very impressed. Uh, for for a, a rookie quarterback to come in and, and um, you know perform at this level, um, the way he's throwing the ball, I, I I just really admire his poise, quite frankly. Um, he's he's putting the ball where where he wants to put it, uh, meaning it's very accurate throws. You know, uh, he's got the ability to 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 escape and move and still keep his eyes down the field. I think that's a that's uh, a, a unique trait for a young quarterback um, to be able to do you know and um, they're shooting the ball down the field you know they're making making big plays down the field and it's just it, it, what you see is it's gaining it's gaining confidence each week in him and his team you know that's a it's a reflection of coach uh, you know Ryan D'Amico, and um, just been real impressed with him
0: here in Jags AM. Big win over the Texans yesterday. A good battle between Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud, but now we get to turn to Monday Night Football, and they haven't had that. We haven't had that around here in a while, right?
1: 2011. December 2011. It was the first game after um, Shad was announced as the prospective owner, Mm -hmm. and it was the first game after uh, Wayne Weaver fired Jack Del Rio. So it was Mel Tucker's first game as the interim coach, and in came the then San Diego Chargers and walloped them walloped them 38 to 14 however the jaguars went one to one on monday night football that year because they beat the ravens in a four field goal win 12 to seven uh on monday night football back in late september early october
2: yeah that was one of the more improbable jaguars victories of the last 15 i mean yeah. they played great in that game great atmosphere and i expect an unbelievable atmosphere on monday it's gonna be cool they're eight and seven all time in 15 monday night football appearances
1: uh, but they haven't been on monday night mm-hmm. football in 12 years so I, that's changing, right? I mean, okay. it's obviously changing this Monday. But I'm telling you, the way that the national media in the last 12 hours have gravitated towards this C.J. Stroud-Trevor Lawrence matchup, this is going to be one of those games that the networks say, I want that one for Thursday night. I want that one for Monday night. I want, it, I want that a primetime game. So buckle up. You're going to see the Jags in a primetime schedule. John, I know you're going to hate it. Oh, it's it's going, going to be awesome. It's not going to be a lot yeah. of 1 o'clock kickoffs, but the Jags are going to be a team they are on Monday Night Football primetime.
0: We'll talk about it, I'm sure, as this week goes on. But it's going to be a great environment. I'm very excited that Monday Night Football is coming back to Jacksonville. As I'm sure all the fans are, it's going to be a good one against the Bengals. But until Wednesday, we'll see you back here on Jags AM.